0: this is a special edition of connecting dots we're going to do a deep dive today it's Friday July the 19th 2019 and we have been really busy and recently I came back from a trip and we decided to have a conversation about all the homeless people that are in San Diego at Comic-Con in Los Angeles in the downtown area. It's absolutely unbelievable. So, if you will, this is a deep dive with Paul and Paul on Connecting Dots.
1: Anyways, you can't make a, you can't
0: understand
1: anything, make a connection about something whatever without knowing something. Like, you know, if if you give somebody the task of uh I don't know, I calculate, you know, how many square feet in a room and, you know, they don't understand, you know, uh, multiplication, then, you know, they're, they don't even know where to begin. It's just, uh, just, you know, maybe a resourceful person will get a one foot square block and start moving it around. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, just, you know, you can you just, your, your frame of reference for how to get anything done or how to even think about things is just totally screwed.
0: When I started in business and we would do the, um, most people, was they were afraid to invest in stocks. Most people were just afraid to invest in stocks. That's, that's a fact. So I would explain what mutual funds are. And for years and years and years, I had the same example. I would draw an hourglass, and in the middle of the hourglass, I'd be a little bit thicker. And on the top, I would draw i use little hash marks and down below, I'd have little hash marks and, and these are people putting money in different sizes of money and they own stock or bonds or whatever it is, right? Or multi, you know, sure asset allocation, yada, yada. What I would do is in a, I, w- I would have to explain what a mutual fund is. Okay, I really did. Probably in the late 90s to the early 2000s, I, I rarely had to do that anymore. Everybody knew what a mutual fund was and, and how to work. And, re- and of course, the client base was totally different as, you know, more mature, people were retired, etc etc. What I find today is that we have to go back to what it was like in the 70s and 80s, early 80s, because people don't know. In other words, there's less knowledge today on the average and whole for the most part as to how things work. And so to what you said, I need a square foot of this room. I don't know what a square foot is. You have to explain on a real fundamental level before you can get somebody to do something. And so you have to say, Look, measure the distance from this corner to that corner and then measure the distance from that corner to that corner, okay? And then multiply it. But the, the instructions have to even be more simple than that. I don't know how to do this because it's 17.4, 17 feet, 4 inches by 13 feet, 6 inches. How do I multiply that? Or how does a tape measure work? Yeah. I mean, and I, th- I think that we can be really negative about things, but the reality is it's bad out there. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's not being
1: uh, negative in my opinion. It's just accepting reality for what it is.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> you know, you mentioned earlier, when we, before we went on, on online, you're talking about the IQ of the average uh, person who's homeless. What was it? Yeah, I believe it's 80. 80. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at anything below 80 is considered severely challenged, right? I mean, um, 75?
1: Honestly, anything below 90, you're going to have problems in society today. Um, but average is roughly 100, 95 to 100, give or take, depending on the community.
0: So we want to help people get out of homelessness. But yet, if you talk about IQ with somebody who is unable to handle facts and figures, they start to name-call and they call you either a racist on the, you know, either, oh, if, on, if, you're, if, you're on the, if you're on the far right, or you're just an elitist. And if you're on the far left, well, you're just a racist. It's just, it's all name-calling. I mean, both sides, both the extremes of both sides, just lose their mind.
1: Yeah, you have you have fundamental inability to accept reality. Everything, what what I think what it has a lot to do with it. I've, I I've, I've kind of been mulling this over. Um, the space race in the '60s, '50s and '60s, but mostly in the '60s, culminating with you know the Apollo program and going to the moon and everything showed everybody that wow, you know, assuming that you take everything at face value and it is what it is. Wow, we we did this amazing thing. Mm-hmm. We can do anything. Yep. We can shoot these missiles into space with people on them. We can go all the way to the moon and come back. We can do all this amazing stuff. Fast forward to today, you know, for the average person's difference between, you know, what's what's the quota, you know, uh, difference between sufficiently good technology and magic is indistinguishable. I mean, to the average person, they don't understand anything. I mean, they open up their phone, they does all these things you know they can send a a little you know encrypted text message to their friend in you know Perth Australia and they can have a chat about something and they may not have seen each other in eight years and you know somehow via the combination of satellites and satellite switches you know 50 years of you know uh, cryptographic research and you know millions of man hours of of R&D and 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 labor to set all these things up and do all these things and hundreds of billions of dollars in capital have culminated to the point that they can have this conversation with a person on the other side of the globe and text with their friend and it's, you know, two AM in Perth. You know? That they don't understand how nobody understands how any of this stuff works. But so when you look at the space race, I think the space race was the first time that, that really happened, that something happened that fundamentally nobody except for an expert could explain it on a wide scale. I mean, sure, you have, like, medical stuff. But other than that, like, you know, if you said, oh, yeah, we took this uh, this – Aircraft carrier, and we took it to the other side of the world. Like the average guy that you know wasn't a complete moron, could could look around and and they could understand that you know ships are put together this way, and you know these rifles and these cannons work this way, and like the average person could explain. How, you know, maybe they couldn't do it themselves, but they could roughly understand how a ship gets put together and how, how, you know, a ship works and displacement and how you could, you know, get 6,000 men and all the supplies they need to go to the other side of the world to go kill a bunch of people for, because, because your leaders say so. They could explain
0: that. Yeah, the, the guy who's a farmer in Iowa who's never seen a body of water bigger than spit. Understood the concept. Yeah, um, they understood logistics. They understood planning. They understood packing. They understood. Like you said displacement. All of it. They got it. Yeah, and 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 time and time navigation. transportation and you know uh, we we can't take two months to get there because we'll be out of food. You know yeah. that kind Na- of thing.
1: The navigation. Yep. I mean,
0: you know, and in, in in all the fancy navigation, the world goes to hell in a handbasket. He understood that there was a sexton and we've been using it since the days of columbus and far beyond that you know we can get there by the stars if we're not spot on we'll be really damn close people have been doing that for years except for lately you know so so the average person could sufficiently understand you think any many people understood
1: sexton when i said it uh, for the past 10 uh, roughly 10 years nobody in the navy 't teach they don't teach they don't, they don't teach the Navy the Navy does not teach uh, their uh, sailors how to navigate by by, by star not anymore no nope. they just rely on their GPS and if GPS goes down I guess they just shrug their shoulders and go cry in the corner
0: yeah yeah' I know you're going I know you're going to go somewhere but I want to interject this is why you you were brilliant when you said, there, we've, we've lost knowledge. Okay, the pyramids, they were obviously used for something. The iron spike in Delhi, all of these different things. We could go on for hours on this. I'm not going to do that. But, well, just today. Why? What? Who? Well, I mean, I a, mean good, a good example of, of how <clears throat> you have recency bias that comes into effect hugely. Oh God, that is that is the one thing that drives me, honest to God, in our business, that's the one thing that drives me nuts more than anything. So we've never seen this before. No, you're just not smart enough to have a long-term time horizon or a history. Or it's what I would say, it's like, you know, it's the over-application of, of, scient-
1: of the scientific pattern, which is important. Don't, don't. Get me wrong here, but the overapplication—not really overapplication—it's it's treating science as a religion more than anything. It's yep. It's we follow the rules, and you know, based on what we've found so far, that that's the way it is. Take it or leave it. And speculation of anything that deviates from that is heresy until somebody actually does it and goes goes through the the war path of being attacked by everybody. It's you know, it's just it's, it's childish. But a good example is you know, until about just a few years ago, there was no evidence for. Um, agricultural societies before about 2000 BC roughly. Mm-hmm. They attributed it to the Egyptians and you know the Nile River or they attributed it to like the Fertile Crescent or you know things like that because there just wasn't any evidence for it and then you know lots of people speculated that it's just totally the, the the idea that people just hunted and gathered for multiple entire you know hundred, hundreds of generations in a row is the most in my opinion is the dumbest thing that <laughs> you can possibly ever <laughs> agree to. It is stupid. Um, if you are sufficiently intelligent to to do what is necessary to build a, a little kind of a collective of maybe a few dozen or, or, or a couple hundred people, you're going to figure out how to... Make your processes more efficient and specialized. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. It's not going to take hundreds of generations of people to figure out how to plant some stuff in the ground. I mean, it's, it's all around you. It's kind of obvious when, when it comes down to it. Well, let me let me pause and, you. And a second. The thing is, is, is how many generations in a row can you sustain on total hunter-gathering state before you just go, your clan goes extinct because you hunt you out hunt all the animals. Well, because I mean, what they exactly. do show is that in order to sufficiently Keep meet the caloric needs of an of of an average tribe uh, of people. They show that you would need just hundreds of square miles of area of of wildlife. According to old standards, today it's even more because we have hard you know wildlife on the planet is at all time lows. But you know according to your your, you know your your averages from years ago supposedly you would just need this massive amount of area. Well, that naturally would have handicapped the population. But we know that there were more people at these different times than so there's something off. Uh, so anyways, they've they've started to find evidence the contrary, of course, because, you know, dig. And the biggest one, the biggest blow to that narrative was the uh, discovery of the gobleki Tepe by a German archaeologist. It's in um Turkey. It's called uh gobleki Tepe. It stands for pot-bellied Hill in Turkish. Um anyways, but they they have this it's a giant megalith site. It's it's a uh, giant structures that were then buried. And how far away is that from the caves? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, it's it's not anywhere near. Um, but what they what they have there is they have all these these structures, and they're definitely all man made. And they have all of this evidence, you know, pots and tools and all these things. And basically, the point of mentioning all of this is that it proved that you needed a highly specialized, advanced society um, to be able to pull off you needed, and and then of course they found agriculture when they looked into it more, evidence of agriculture, but you needed a society with specialists to be able to build these things and in order to have specialists you have to have, you know, dedicated people for farming and for gathering and for doing all these other things. I mean, people don't really understand what a big leap what a, what a, seems obvious and logical and it it probably was but what a big difference it is between somebody that's just a regular hunter-gatherer we just sustain ourselves and make babies and raise the babies and they do the same thing to a society where you grow up and you know the same people your entire life and you stay in the same kind of regional region and you know you 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 grow up to do maybe one or two very specific jobs that that there's a big difference between those two but anyways so they've they've been able to discover that so anyways in recent uh, in I believe it was today or today or yesterday we had a, a what is it a group out of some place I believe in Israel a bunch of archaeologists announced what they found, and they're in the process of continuing to dig stuff out. But basically, they found a really fairly fairly sophisticated town um, that dates... It, was, it looks like it was in existence for about a 1,000 years. It looks like it was abandoned about 9,000 years
0: ago. They have... Evidence of all that. throws this a lot of archaeological uh, theory out the window.
1: Well, it's not really, it doesn't throw much out of the window, but what it shows, it shows a, it shows a couple things that are super, very, very important. One, of course, it continues to add to the narrative that it's not just these people that were specialized in one area and they didn't teach these other people stuff. They found evidence of trading with areas as far away as Turkey, mm. which is a pretty big distance considering we you know, for that time period, um, at least according to what we think things were like, uh, found lots of, um, evidence for, including like actual objects um, for metalworking copper bronze other stuff now,
0: and i that's interesting just say that because one of the things after thousands of years as you were talking about the other day iron falls apart i mean it yeah, iron oxidizes it, it oxidizes it just it just eventually falls apart any anybody who's ever seen a railroad spike or any old metal tool what do you see have a wheel well a wagon wheel here and we bought that years ago as basically an ornament outside the building right yeah I mean, it's rusting. It's rusting. I mean, it, we, it's just about ready to fall apart after what. I mean, it was old and used at the time, but I mean, when we got it, it was kind of cool. But now it's like really cool because I mean, it's been weathered, and that's what, uh, how long we've been here? Uh, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is. Yeah. And, but that shows you in our life, in our span here, how much has yeah, changed. Yeah, it doesn't take long. And in the boards on the fencing around here, we have a few that have fallen apart, but we have. It's weathered. I mean, we've got some really it looks like it's been around for a long, long time. It's not that long. No. So, my point that I'm going to, when they have found things such as evidence of metal works going back seven, eight, 9,000 years ago, you do realize that 99999 percent of what was made in is metal is gone. So the fact that you found something makes you go, did they have door hinges? Did they have this? Did they have that? I mean, there's so much that you just don't know.
1: Yeah, that the evidence for no metal tools or not understanding metalworking is is uh, or or steel or or, or ironworking is again a very childish perspective because we actually have several instances of well-known um, metal or steel or not, not just metal but steel and iron tools and there's one that, there's a sword or a pair of swords that were found in Egypt that were um, made out of their, their steel, mm-hmm. and they're made from uh, meteor steel. So steel from meteors. But the thing is, is, that steel has a strange mixture of metal, a strange composition, I guess, of metal that it doesn't, doesn't oxidize very fast.
0: It's like, that. It's like the iron spike. Yeah,
1: so that's I find it very interesting. They were able to test somehow and tell that it was it was meteoric based on the uh, some 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 chemical element that's in them that whatever. But they were able to actually somebody was able to make this and it was
0: it was it was in a king's tomb of some type. So well, first off, for somebody had to find the damn thing. Somebody then had to think about what to do with it. I mean, there's a whole series of steps. It's just like, oh, hey, there's a meteor. We're gonna make uh, swords out. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. No. I mean, the difference between working
1: bronze, copper, whatever, all different, it, and then working with iron and steel is a big difference. It, mm-hmm. it's, it takes more specialized tools, harder tools. Um, it's, but, it's, it's, it's very, very complex. But,
0: son, they, they, all they ever did was just bang rocks together. Don't you know that? Yeah, exactly. And, and and they had smoke signals, and, and they lived in caves and chased each other around. There's also evidence for a giant steel plate that was above one of the uh, refaced
1: entrances to the great Great Pyramid. Because the Great Pyramid is there's there's a si- significant amount of evidence for it under it's called the Great Pyramid, or Khufu's Pyramid. or right. it's, it's the largest one on the plateau. Um, there's a lot of evidence that you know it's it's called Khufu because that was the king that supposedly built it. But the problem is is you know that's all just guess. The most likely scenario. You know why like, they
0: call it the Khufu Pyramid, don't you? Because it was the Khufu Times. They had a piece of paper. They found a newspaper from back then, and sure, it's yeah. called the Khufu Times. But they Khufu for Koku <laughs>
1: But they, it, it's the
0: evidence seems to
1: point to them refacing an existing structure. And there's, I can't remember going back to the 1800s when they were inspecting these. You know, I think it was British archaeologists or right. whatever. Maybe it was a German archaeologist. Anyways, they they found a, a steel plate, part of a steel plate, it was on behind a couple a couple of the stones on the
0: I had forgotten lower about that por-
1: lower courses of the uh, thing. Um, so it, but the point is that so you have the steel that exists is from sources of metal that are uniquely set up so they don't oxidize very fast. You look at it. Well, of course that's the only stuff that would ex- that would that would survive because it does not oxidize very fast. Everything else did. So it, in my opinion it doesn't confirm or deny the existence of other less sophisticated metalworking because whatever. Anyway, so they found this 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 uh, little town in it, current day Israel. And they show, you know, some copper and bronze or whatever, metalworking. They show trade. Um, they show uh, uh, something of an agricultural operation going on in this place. And they they show um, lots of buildings and, like, little roadways and stuff in this town where all these people lived. Um, a couple thousand people supposedly lived, lived there. Um, and then they even found inside like, you know, stuff they were using for flooring and plaster on their buildings. So it's like, I mean, come on. Like, you know, you don't get just a bunch of a bunch of hunter-gatherers wandering around and then one day they put up a building and then they're stuccoing the thing. I mean there's a lot of cultural progression and sophistication it takes to be able to just pull off these little things. So the, the you know the knowledge of the past is just kind of overall just kind of a joke as far as everybody, everybody's just so short sighted and they think that look we have evidence that this guy did it we think for the first time so that was the first time anybody ever did it it's like that you know of
0: well yeah it's like it's like the father son the mother the daughter you know the first time you know the daughter makes a cake that's she first time
1: cakes huh
0: she invented cakes she invented cake yeah. i mean it's the same it's the same oh nobody's ever done this before i made i made a bunt cake I, said, I did the cool no it's been done before i think that kind of philosophy needs to be applied you know, we were talking today at this uh, meeting that I was at. You know, old-fashioned business is coming back into vogue, sitting in the back and having conversations and talking to people. Social media is, is just not—it's run its course. There's it's, it's information overload. People are desperately it's looking— not novel anymore. Not novel. Yeah. You know, it's like— um, we, we have to have newspapers. We have to have newspapers. We've always had newspapers. Oh, no, we didn't. Most of the news in the past traveled from person to person, oral word of transmission, mouth. word of mouth, right over the fence. Granted, it's a the, it's the game of telephone. We get that. Everything's changed. But my point being, when you did that, people kind of had a better relationship. They knew people. Okay, so maybe it wasn't 100% accurate. Is news 100% accurate? It's just, there's just, going back to having... One to one conversation, meeting with people. Once you make the connection, then technology takes over. You can have digital communications. After that, you know, it's just the. But again, it's never been done before. Every time I hear that, I just want to. I don't know. Not scream as much as I just want to say. Uh, what's that guy's name? There's uh, Evans. Evans. Evansall, um, uh, blue collar comedy with the, there's your sign. Um, yeah. I don't know what his name. Is. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? A blue collar comedy, with yeah. there's your sign. And that's, that's my point. It's um, come on. It's just stop it.
1: Yeah. I mean, so to go back to what I was saying earlier, you know, I think you know going to the moon was the first time that, or the Apollo program and all that stuff, was the first time that there was something happening on a grand scale that the average person really didn't understand. I can see that. I mean, sure, they understood, okay, we're, we're somehow sending a person to the moon, but the details in between are completely opaque to the average person. They have no idea. I mean, of highly trained or self-taught, special, specialized engineers working on things that are. Very, very delicate.
0: Right. And the, the, I think the thing that's really important to understand is that while there were computers and, you know, you had all that back then, <clears throat> an overwhelming majority of those guys that did all that stuff were doing it by hand with slide rules, abacus. They were working out calculators, not the kind of calculators we have today, I mean, they were working their numbers. And if you go back and look at those old films, the people that were at the computer screens in Mission Control, they had tons of binders. They had... They had I mean, every, almost everybody smoked. <laughs> it was, well, the they were just they, thing, were just, they were
1: working it. Well, the biggest thing about all of those is that, you know, when people mention a computer today, they think of a generalized personal, comp- event-based personal computer. Mm-hmm. Event-based meaning it's the operating systems work on e- off of event loops. They're not real time. Um, they can run any kind of software you can imagine. They can do all these magical, unique, helpful things but the computers of the apollo program they don't people don't understand what they even were how they worked what they did whatever to, you know just just getting those things to work is an amazing feat and you know the ibm people ridiculous you know, they for example the, the guidance computers on those on those uh, that entire program the memory was handwoven copper and iron memory grids like it was <laughs> assembled by hand Um, sure. There were other types of, of smaller factor memory, but it wasn't, they didn't think they didn't know that it would be reliable in space. Um, there, the entire thing is, is built off of, um, basically purpose built computers. Like, you know, they have, they have software that runs on them, but ultimately the hardware and the software were all designed for the same purpose and the iterations went back and forth. Um, you know, like transistors, for example, there were no transistors in the, The critical equipment of the Apollo computers—it was all relays because a transistor would not survive the elements. Not not at that at that time. So the computers in the Apollo program—you know—they were programmed and designed to do very specific things, and they had very specific tasks. Those books and binders and everything were all the root. It was was, just—it was—it was—it was explanations of how the program works and how to work the program.
0: Because if something breaks, you have to sit back and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You're in space. It's, it's, you're on the ground. Do you have to communicate? Which is exactly what they did in Apollo 13. They they had to figure it out.
1: So you know, it's another another like a simple little thing that people have, you know, gives you a good a good example of just how complicated the entire thing was. How do you cool a computer in space? You have any idea? Because because what's one thing you can't have? Can't have condensation. Nope. And you can't. And the other thing is you're you're now operating in a vacuum where you can't just blow a fan on something concept of a fan does not exist in space and just blow air so what do you, you know what do you got to do they have they had to invent a, an entirely new cooling system that relied on ferrous metal and freezing and unfreezing of water and basically it was a water cooled complicated mess that they they I, I I can't sufficiently explain it without looking and doing more research but it's gravityless so you know people don't understand just the massive amount of com- complexity involved in an original this, Thought
0: original creation of things or, or basically the reformation of some very basic concepts into new processes yeah. and procedures. I mean But all these things had to be thought through and that's just absolutely. one little small microcosm of, of how it all works. Um Kind of like connecting the dots and critical thinking. Absolutely. I mean, and, that, and, and, and just to real quickly for anyone who's listening to this, that that's why we call our podcast Connecting Dots. The short ones are designed to satisfy the, the daily short need. I mean, it's just, you know, this is how it works. Keep on moving and you got something to, you know, chew the fat on. But when we do a deep dive like this, you know, always remember for those of you who are, who are listening, we're never being critical of you. We're, we're never being mean. This is just factual and so you, you know, putting context to stuff, it's absolutely critical. I mean, literally everything I read. Well, we were talking the other day. When's the last time you opened a book and read it all the way through without stopping, pausing, doing something, connecting ideas, writing notes and everything? Neither one of us can get through never. a book like that. We can't do it. I've, I've never done that. I've, I, yeah, I can't do it. I've done it with some novels. I've read so. John Grisham. His last book was outrageous. I said, I've done that three, two, two of his books. Now I've sat down. I just didn't like it. But, you know, John Grisham, I usually sit down with him. I enjoy that. I enjoy the occasional entertainment. And I read it. I start and I'll be done. in you know, five, six hours later, I just get right straight through. I like it when he's on spot on. But anything other than that, no, I, I can't get through. I just, I'm always thinking and connecting and putting together. I honestly sometimes have a hard time understanding people that don't think like that. I, I, I get it. We're different. I, and I understand yeah. I I'm not being mean. But I just, I don't, it's just like so sad because it's so cool. I came back from, uh, from Wesley Chapel, Florida today, didn't I? I had a quick uh, run down there, came back, met a bunch of people. But what did I do? All the way down, I was doing what? Dictation. I was doing dictation. And how was I doing it?
1: Um, I assume you're using your phone.
0: I was using my phone. But years ago, I'm not putting you on the spot, but years ago, when I first started in business, could you do that? No, you did Not it the
1: same t- way. You had to you had to record it on a tape, and then somebody you had to give the tape after you were done, and it had to be transcribed by an actual human. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah we I have full time transcriptionists. There was no such thing as voice to text, and when that came out, when Dragon Naturally Speaking came out, that was amazing years ago. Now it's like nobody really thinks about it. But you know what I I find most people don't know how to use it. No, nobody uses it. We I went down. There's a point to this. I came back. I was down there. I'm sending all this stuff back. You're monitoring for staff and what's going on. And I came back with a whole bunch of cool ideas. I don't we may not implement anything, but I have a whole bunch of ideas on how to make my life a little more efficient when i get out of the office in other words you know i function on a 24 7 basis as a business but i can be a little bit more efficient i can with my ideas nobody I, I just don't see people doing that i just don't no,
1: no i mean as far as what you're saying about books i mean i i quite honestly cannot get through anything that's non. i can't i can't get through fiction of any type i my, my mind wanders i question the practical reality of what i'm reading almost the entire time that i'm doing it i know Yep. it's just kind of yeah it, there's just this dull pain in the back of my head saying this is a pointless waste of time might as well read something that's more interesting and i always end up doing that it's just my thing but yeah i mean it's it's there's always something to be learned there but, well you and um, i
0: have this you and i have this Un. we cannot satisfy our desire to learn it just is if anything that's what you know i bred a, 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 a i clone myself where we just i mean that's what we do <laughs> yeah autodidacts to oh. death Got it. Yeah, we both got the heavy dose of that, didn't we?
1: But, you know, as far as what I was trying to get at with the Apollo program is that, you know, so for the first time you have this event that shows that, you know, maybe not literally, but, you know, figuratively man can move, you know, the heavens and the earth type thing. And because of that, it created this type of religious mythology as far as what
0: the capability
1: of the government is
0: oh that's a good point and it turns it, it turned quote science and enge- not engineering but the, the scientific thing into a religion
1: but not only that the government was the administrator of said religion oh
0: that's really clever so
1: you know which it's kind of interesting because this is the 50th anniversary of Hall 11 moon landing and I think that I think that makes a lot of sense because you have so many people you have in most of society now I don't even remember what the point of mentioning this was, but most of society now does not understand the tools that they use every day. Mm -hmm. To go back to, you know, the basic, the average person understood the stuff that they used on my wall in my office is a drawing by your father of the Model T engine, the uh, engineering schematic, a uh, technical drawing. Like, it's not that complicated. Like, the average person could look at that and understand how an engine works. They may not be able to redraw that schematic or, or, or be able to engineer one themselves, but they could understand the basics of how it all works. I mean, most of those vehicles, as far as I recall, were still crank start. You know, there wasn't even a key or that was that concept hadn't even existed yet. Because who's going to go out and crank and go steal a car? Ha ha. <laughs> How much effort that takes, that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to chase you off or shoot you in, shoot, in, shoot you in the ass as you're running away. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, you fast forward to today where the average person understands nothing. You know, your your own car is a series of a dozen, if not more, distributed, you know, real-time computer systems that are communicating with each other to manage You know, starting the car, managing the infotainment system, receiving the inputs and the outputs on the, you know, driver's console, um, you know, managing, you know, all of these complicated systems, you know, most cars, you know, have a dedicated, you know, transmission computer and the, the engine has all of these complicated systems on you know for example a modern uh chevy v8 engine that they put in like their trucks or their suburbans and stuff when they go into eco mode two cylinders stop firing which basically takes a you know or, or maybe it takes, drops it down to, f- it goes down to a four cycles or four, uh, four, so they drop four or four, four pistons turn off. I know. You know. So gas consumption gets cut down in half, at least at, at the mm-hmm. engine level. You know All these really complicated things, you know, you got tire pressure sensors, you have cameras all over cars now. Um, if it's a hybrid, it's monitoring, you know, the temperature and the safety of the battery system and the battery harness and all of that. You've got um, sensors as far as, uh, you know, traffic, tracking the road, distance from other vehicles, safety things... You know, you're monitoring just a whole host of things that, you know, this is just t- touching the tip of the iceberg here. And I guarantee you, most people, you would have completely lost them as far as like, I don't know, what does that even do? And that's just a car. I mean, what about your phone? Do you understand all this, the just unbelievably insane stuff that's going on in your phone? On the table in front of us, we have an Apple TV remote. While the Apple TV remote is, I think, like four or five years old now, inside there is, a, is, is the same plug that you plug in to charge your lightning cable for your phone or your iPad. Mm hmm. So it's rechargeable with a lightning cable instead of batteries little thin thing. It has a battery in there, which means it has a battery microcontroller and all that crap that goes along with that. It's got a little circuit board. It has Bluetooth. It has a touchpad on it, a glass touchpad. It has an infrared sender and receiver. And there's a whole little operating system that runs on in that thing that manages all of those sensors and all the button presses and the tracking and all that stuff and makes it communicate with a highly specialized TV-attached appliance called an Apple TV that is in itself a whole other computer that is amazingly complicated. All specifically in design. Designed and adapted for a Apple-approved TV experience, that then has the ability to connect to your Wi-Fi, download and manage all of these programs that consume video and play games and all of these things. And not only that, it also has a link in with your phone that you don't understand. You know, the software, <laughs> like you were saying earlier. You know, people don't know that, but yet it's doing um, point-to-point. I can't remember what specifically it's called. Um, basically, it's a, it's a Wi-Fi mesh network, so it's not even connecting to your Wi-Fi. It's just a proximity via Bluetooth to connect to your Apple TV, and you can use your phone to control it or send an, an AirPlay video to it or do all kinds of magical stuff. There's so much complexity around us. I mean, you know, you can also you can go into the smart home crap that while I am a technology, enthusiast is something that every time I think about it I'm like oh that's cool and then I think about it for a few extra seconds and I shake my head and like we're we're getting to a point where every light switch is smart home enabled and has Wi-Fi in it and it has a computer in it ultimately I mean it's just a little you know, microcontroller that manages its Wi-Fi and runs code and stuff but because of the advent of ARM processors and them being so cheap and vast in quantity and um, variation as far as different types we can throw a little ARM processor and everything. I mean a good example is that little remote. That remote lasts months on a single charge.
0: Oh yeah, I can't remember the last time I charged it.
1: But and it doesn't have a big battery in it. But nope. there's a little ARM processor in there that manages all the crap that I mentioned there. And they're shoving little in, in but the point is, is that an ARM processor is a generic universal processor. It's not like the Apollo program where it was designed to do this very specific series of tasks. These are just universal. So they can be programmed to do really whatever you want as long as it is within the bounds of the processor's capability capabilities they're throwing these in everything because it's easy to write software it's expensive to make physical goods so you know you throw little computers in everything light switches light bulbs light strips um you know tvs remotes everything you can imagine they're shoving a little computer in it you know in, in the average house now they've got uh, your thermostat your light switches um like i said light bulbs you've got uh your your um Your doorbell, you know, you got a ring that has a camera on it and a microphone, and it connects to the thing, it does all that cool stuff. Uh, your security system of course because every door and window has contacts and stuff to manage that and that all modern security systems are all wireless and they'll communicate wirelessly and then you've got your door locks. those Your door locks are Bluetooth so when you walk up to your door with your phone it automatically unlocks for you and your
0: garage door opener and your automatic blinds. So the point you're making is that everything has become so computerized and automated that people don't even know how the basic fundamental things work.
1: Yeah I don't really re- remember what my initial point of this was but just demonstrating with basic things that the average person interacts with on a day-to-day basis nobody understands how complex they are on the individual level so you have an well let me jump you have an ignorance of of the world around you but you also have an acceptance for magic
0: but here's the thing what you just said is what i believe and i've said this over and over and over and you're one of the few people that i've ever been able to explain this to who gets it you talked about in your way I I used to use the words lost lost civilizations, that's what I used to say. It's there are lost civilizations and with those lost civilizations, there's lost knowledge because people took for granted how things worked and they didn't know how to do it. When Survivor first came on, in every episode basically since, what's the one thing they all do is how to make fire. And I've always been amazed at the people that go on that TV show and they literally don't, I mean, they can't make fire. They can't make basic um, uh, shelter. They're just basic. And and, and it's it's not that these people are dumb. It's just it's knowledge that's lost. Now, real quickly, I was at a meeting. And I won't say anything other than to be very loosey goosey. But I met a, a young man who um, works for the Boy Scouts of America. Okay? Uh-huh. He's he's uh, he has a position at Boy Scouts of America. Do you remember when Boy Scouts of America they got sued because they had to include girls? Yeah, right. I, I remember. And he went to federal court and they lost or, or whatever the whatever it was. Either they voluntarily did it. I don't remember the whole story. It, just, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But you know who is still excluding of the opposite sex is Girl Scouts. Oh. Of course. So a girl can join the Girl Scouts, and that girl can also join the Boy Scouts. But do you know what girls can't do in the Boy Scouts? What's that? Be with boys. I don't understand. I didn't either. So, in other words, if you want. If your name is Jane and you're a girl and you join the Boy Scouts, you get to have the scouting experience, but they don't put you with boys, they put you with other girls.
1: So, what you're saying is the Boy Scouts doing that was just a pure market move they just needed to expand their base because less people are doing outdoorsy things there's a so the most machiavellian interpretation of their move is the best one which was my assumption from the beginning
0: great so what he was saying that there were lots of girls that were doing boy scout type things but they couldn't get credit for it in the girl scouts now they can get credit for it and if this is still a work in progress and i said so let me see if i understand this Girl Scouts and brownies those are all still girls yes can a boy join it no and the Girl Scouts are mad at the Boy Scouts for taking girls in yes why because some of the best girls in Girl Scouts are going into Boy Scouts the ones that are more tomboys they're more 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 uh, uh, mathematical cr- not not necessarily creative but you know yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying the athletic type and all that kind of stuff so the girl scouts view it as you're 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 stealing some of the best that we have here they're gone but at the same time he he worded it in such a way that boy scouts and girl scout, boys and girls in the boy scouts mixed a little bit and they quickly said nope that doesn't work what do he th- why he said cuz when i was in there i said well, I know why he said yeah he said you know if, if i was 14 and girls were around you know i would never have been an eagle scout because i would've been chasing you know what I said, yeah you I said I said, just just like what's going on in the military let's put women on the front lines. They go, Yep. So here's my point. They've they're dumbing down programs. You don't teach the knowledge. You don't have the basic fundamentals. You know, it's like Survivor, go back to what I said before, lost civilizations. We don't know what they could do and did because there's not the evidence. But to assume that everybody was a bunch of rock clapping Trojodites is really ridiculous. You know, Zog and Grog, who could do nothing more than just bang rocks together, they they could never have had saws and and metal tools to carve stones and to move things because it's just it's just no. That's we did that. You can't do that. We invented that. There's. We invented it. For, we're the first in everything. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe Neil Armstrong was the first man to walk on the moon. But then again, maybe not. Yeah. How would you know? How, how, how do you know? How do you know that the moon is not, I know people go crazy on this when I say it, but how do you know that the moon is not a, um, an interplanetary transportation device? I don't know. You know you, yeah. I mean, you don't know, you don't know. I don't know i think that's the problem is when you talk like this i think a lot of people oh he's just crazy no i think mean, with chief williams remember one time when i was had an opportunity to be alone with him and he said you know he said you came up in a conversation at city hall i said oh what was that he said everybody said paul Trusel doesn't doesn't think outside the box he said everybody agreed you just rejected the box even exists and that's just yeah of course he goes it's just nobody does that so you always come well, up with things not. that there,
1: nobody else ever thinks of. Of all people, that, that, would, that would make sense because, you know, a bunch of city bureaucrats thinking within the box, would have thought?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I said, I really appreciate it as a compliment. He said, yeah, half the people thought it was a cool thing. The other half just drove them nuts. And so I think what we have going on here is, going back to what you were saying, and we kind of, I don't know where we started off with this, homeless population has an IQ of 80. We're, you're not, you can't help certain people. I mean, let's just get really I mean, blunt
1: about it. No, I mean, what, 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 I think the thing... I like- think it's
0: actually inhuman to put people who are of a really low IQ, who have drug dependencies, who are just emotionally and intellectually challenged, and say, oh, you can make it on your own. No, yeah, exactly. you can't. That is exactly. such an inhuman. That's horrible.
1: Yeah, I think my point previously was, if if that's the if that's the case, then you just have all of these people, you know. Oh, let's just, you know, you, you take a, from a more conservative perspective. Oh, let's just, uh, you know, uh, teach them right wing uh, or teach them uh, market principles and teach them about how the economy works. They'll be able to do it. It's like, well, probably not actually. And you know they're for,
0: going to understand what mutual funds, even though guys and gals that work at exactly. IBM and all these are, they, they they struggle. No,
1: come on. Exactly. So what I, I think what I was going to wrap around to was the acceptance of things that they don't understand, and and then of course being able to be easily swindled is a, you know, it's a, a final endpoint of. of, of that type of problem usually but what you're saying about is people being less knowledgeable about investments you know you talk to an average person you know i i've experienced this tons of times you've experienced this tons of times as well some you say oh do you know know what a stock is of course they say oh of course yes You know, even though the likelihood of that being you know very accurate is low, but at least they think they have a good understanding of it. And then you ask them about you know what about mutual funds, and you know they go yes. And then bonds, it just drops to the floor. They most Mm -hmm. people don't understand what a bond is, even though it's just a debt obligation, anyways. And then I owe you three letters. Yeah, and then you ask them what about ETFs, and they like. 99% 99% of the time, the, you know, their head turns upside down. It's like, oh, I don't even know what that is. But they
0: do know that ETFs are the only way to invest.
1: Yes, yes, because they've been propagandized. That and
0: all ETFs are, are index-based. Oh, yes. All and been. all ETFs are passive. Exactly. And yeah. all ETFs beat the market.
1: Oh, yeah. But I think it's funny because they don't know what ETFs are. They, they know they're good, but they don't know what they are, even though it's just, you know, impractical in, in reality to the average investor. It's just a tradable mutual fund. It's an electronically tradable mutual fund. Like you know they shouldn't they they should be able to understand that they're like not much different from my perspective from a mutual fund and it's just a different way of doing
0: it mutual funds settle at the end of the day mutual funds self clear mutual funds have to have cash reserves to to uh, settle up and make distributions and therefore you have you know everybody oh mutual funds never have the same rate of returns as an ETF well an ETF trades on the market and the mutual fund self, again, it's, they take care of the. I'm not using language. I'm trying to use language people will understand. They, they self clear. They say, they take care of So you always have cash drag. But from you a, have to have cash. So automatically well, you're always gonna have a lower rate of return. So you know what they don't do? Here's what, not one single organization does this. Nobody, not one single. They never compare the performance of a mutual fund of the actual investable holdings and exclude the cash and exclude the cash. Dog shakes. And exclude the cash from the rate of return. Or um, do that.
1: Well, no. But the other thing is, I mean, ETFs have a have an unfair benefit of of never having to pay taxes. Nobody knows that. And, you know, so yeah. The only thing the average person out there should do, if they're only going to pick a couple securities and that's all they're ever going to do, they're, they're, you know, adamant against all the other options and alternatives right. and potentialities of, of investing, is an ETF. Yeah, that makes sense. Just buy and hold and never do anything. Sure. That's probably the safest thing to do. There's whatever. Which is what likely going to miss out on a lot of opportunity, and you're still going to be just as ignorant when you leave. When you take money out is when you put money in. But But I guess you know what we're talking about is seems that people don't really seem to have a problem being ignorant and just accepting the complicated cube and what it does for them, and just moving on. But see, I
0: weird, you know. And I talk all the time about how journalists are dumber than sacks of rocks. It's actually
1: proven, like they didn't. Right.
0: I want you to follow up on that. Just remember to follow up on that. Here's the thing. Warren Buffett is one of those and everybody's everybody says this. Oh, Warren Buffett says that you should just buy an index fund and be done with it. Most investors, you know what Warren Buffett is telling the overwhelming majority of the investors? You're stupid. You yeah. you're 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 too stupid to know what to do. You're not bright enough to use a fiduciary. Number three you you don't have the long term stick to itiveness to do what needs to be done. But what does the average journalist do? Oh, Warren Buffett says to buy an index fund, so we should buy an index fund. Rah rah rah! They don't know what the meaning is behind that. And and journalists, you know this. You can probably rattle off the top of your head the average IQ, the drug use, the alcohol use, all of it. It's, yeah, it's I unbelievable. I don't
1: remember the specific numbers, uh, uh, but it's it's obscene. It's obscene. Yeah, like if you if you knew these numbers and then you just judged. You know, as, as the average person does, they judge g- groups of people based on, you know, how the average person in said group, you know, acts or interacts with the world or treats them personally or, or what the numbers look like. I mean, that's just basic human discrimination, it's how everybody gets through life. Um, if you looked at those numbers your perspective on journalists would not be the same because you'd be like oh my god these people are alcoholic drug addicts that aren't nearly as bright as everybody thinks the best part is is journalists are, I can't remember the, the, the range but they're as far as iq goes as far as you're willing to accept that premise the their iq sits in that realm of people who are who think they're way smarter than they actually are Mm -hmm. like they're they're smarter than average but you know i mean everybody's met somebody like that where it's like you know this this guy seems really he he thinks he's he thinks he's you know hot shit but when it comes down to it it's like he's kind of a moron (laughs) Yep. Everybody's met one of those. And that, and typically, that seems to be what the average reporter's
0: on. Yeah, whenever I give seminars, and I always say this, never misconstrue simple language for a lack of knowledge and experience, because if I can't communicate with you, I'm wasting both your time and mine. I'm going to prove it to you. In your mind, when I say, Sir Anthony rode a grand stallion, I absolutely guarantee that you saw an image of... A knight in shining armor, or you saw some type of a man riding a horse with a. I mean, you you had all these Sir Anthony. You, you might it might have been a, a fox hunting. There was something you saw in your head. You it was a <clears throat> it was a grand stallion. Okay, I mean you you had an image of a couple of different types. If I said uh, Anthony rode a horse, you might have seen a cowboy or somebody who's wearing a straw hat or you know Anthony rode a horse. A horse may have had a saddle, may not have not been bareback. If I said, now, Tony rode a pony, I guarantee you the age got less. In fact, when I said Sir Anthony, you were thinking of an older man, and when I said when I said Anthony rode a horse, they got younger. When I said Tony rode a pony, now it's even younger, you're probably thinking of a kid, and then if I say, oh, Topo, the, you thought of a little doll and a, and a baby. You, here's the thing. Everybody's name was Anthony. Everybody had a pony or horse or stallion of some type, just using different words give you different images. Here's the I got news for you. It's one of those things that you have to communicate efficiently and effectively. And if you think about how language in this world, how English has become a universal language and how we have allowed people in our country to do things like bad is now good. Oh, man, that bad. That's bad. What's bad about it? It's, that's now good. and they you start t- turning things around when that starts to get into the legal community um, and you start to have laws, rules, regulations whereby wait a minute, what does this mean? You got a real problem. Now recently was it where was it in the Louisiana Supreme Court where they ruled? What was that that they ruled on?
1: Yeah, the Louisiana Supreme Court ruled that um, a man did not invoke his uh, his right to counsel when he said to the to the police officer, "quote I need a lawyer dog." So they didn't give him a lawyer because there's no such thing as a lawyer dog, and they took his words at literal face value, and he was denied his right to counsel. Of course, he then was you know somebody filed suit on his behalf, and because you know he. You know, served, was served a horrible injustice, blah, blah, blah. The ruling from the Supreme Court, though, was, you know, kind of logical if you think about it. Their ruling was he asked for a lawyer dog, and lawyer dogs, while may be cute in pictures on the internet, are not a real thing. So they declined to expand the definition or where the specific hard line on where demanding representation begins and ends, because if somebody in their mind thinks that, you know, uh, unicorns are now the equivalent of lawyers and they ask for a unicorn and they don't get you know it's like where do, where does it end you know the manipulation of language it just it becomes a giant question mark it's you know when you start it's it's literally literally it literally is the slippery slope argument because when you allow something as simple as i want a lawyer or i want my lawyer or some variation some understood variation of that to turn into some other questionable thing because you know it just it it will progressively become worse and then it affects everything i mean can you imagine trying to understand the legal imp- interpretation of somebody speaking i don't know like swahili mixed with english it's like i i don't how how there are euphemisms for things that we don't even understand. Like, how do we codify that in law? That's, it's not even possible.
0: Well, you like were, we you, were in, you were a juror in you were a juror in a a pretty horrific case. Yeah, didn't you have at times like what you couldn't understand what the people were saying? Yeah, there were. I there mean, were, quite yeah. literally, you said we had no idea what this person was saying.
1: Yeah, there were a couple times where somebody was mumbling or, or not speaking clearly, and it's just like um, yeah.
0: Now I've been in plenty of trials where it's like um, just answer the question. You just can't. They don't they can't answer a question because they can't they can't put a sentence together. And you have to assume, like I said, bad is good and that kind of thing, like what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, you know, but, th-
1: but as far as you know, the actual like application of law, it's a situation of sure, a guy didn't get his due process, blah blah blah. But no great loss. But when it comes down to it, yeah, I mean it was some like they just some, making up for all the times he some, got away with stuff. <laughs> it was it was some type of it was some type of criminal activity that yeah. was actually bad though. But in, in any case, um, you know, taking it at an, at an abstract view, sure, a guy didn't get his due process. But the problem is, is he didn't demand it as the law is written and when you start expanding this there is no end to the enhanced complication of how you actually apply the law it becomes completely devoid of of meaning and you are applying it you know based on every individual person's interpretation of the law instead of a understood standard that everybody can understand
0: and frankly, that whole lawyer dog thing is what I think about whenever I meet someone, and I say that we are a true fiduciary, and that you know this is what we do. And I, it's it's, it's quite often the same. I'll tell you exactly what what it is. It's oftentimes a a, a a boomer female who says, "Oh my my person, my guy or gal, they don't charge me anything." Yeah. No. Well, no, they do. Everybody gets paid. Oh no, I never pay anything. It's, they're just a friend. They take care of me. Well, so, so, in other words, what, they're, what they've got is a B share mutual fund, or they don't know. Go ahead. Oh, that's no big deal. It's not going to bother. But they got a B share mutual fund, and they don't, they don't know what they have, or they don't pay attention to what they have. But oh, yeah, everything's the same. It's just it, nothing to look here. No, it's, it's all good. Okay. Um, it's, well, it's lawyer dogs.
1: No, it's because their definition of paying is them writing a check or swiping a credit card or getting a bill.
0: So it comes out of the account, they're not paying, yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's the issue with those people. I don't pay for that. Oh, it's being deducted from your account. Well, that's different. Well, okay, great, thanks. Yeah. Okay, can you go go buy a $100,000 car with your investment account, and they'll deduct it from your investment account? Or are you paying well, for I'm it I'm not then? paying for it, yeah. It's
0: like, come on. Well, we, have, we kind of do a little deep dive here, a little conversation. One of the things we do periodically is we just sit back and have a, a session, and we record it. We will occasionally put these up online for when we start going into various investment items. But uh, for right now, we'll just do this as a public item and kind of put it up there and see what happens. I just think it's just uh, – I, I just think it's I, – I just wish we had a president who once he or she got elected would actually get on national TV, demand universal blackout and say – we gotta get some stuff done. We got we got to rope our sleeves and get to work. And I'm gonna be here for one term. I'm not gonna run for election. No bull. We gotta we gotta solve the problems. And I, I I guess that's just it's never gonna happen. Probably gonna to have to have a revolution. We're gonna to have to have a new nation. It's just it's not like it hasn't happened before. But it's just man, there's some real serious issues that'll be solved. We have so much wealth, but uh, you know it's concentrated in the hands of a few people. You have more and more control people's you know land of the free home of the brave well i don't know about the, i don't know about the brave or the free anymore it's uh, <laughs> it's more of a land of the uh, in memory controlled only. and uh, and
1: uh well it's home of yeah but it's it's in memory only in memory only yeah i mean it's not it's not reality that's the thing. I mean, you know, it goes back to people not understanding how things how things work. People don't take anything seriously. I mean, not even the president of the United States, not nope. the people in government, not people in our military, not, you know, none of this stuff. There's just a lack of people taking things seriously. And it, and it extends everything from you know, the average person on personal finance all the way up to you know the highest levels of government. It's just it's everybody just treats it like it's a game that you can just hit the reset button and go back to the way things were.
0: I was, uh, let's finish up with this one thing. I want I want to hear what you say to this. I think there's a high probability. Having been a father for a long many many number of years, I think there's a high probability that. What you see with young children, okay, so when you were younger, I want you to think about this, right? When you don't know something and you get frustrated, what do you do? And they act out, don't you? A lot of people get, they just get, they they lose it. Or they get very quiet and they they become an introvert. It seems like when people, I don't know how this works, okay, they either get very angry, very quiet, just, I'm done, and just ignore it. Now, think about this for a minute. Look at the political discourse that's going on in the country. How many people? I don't care. I don't want to be involved. I'm done. They're so frustrated that they're just they're just beside themselves. And then you have those that are just acting out like this AOC girl. I mean, really? She's getting all the attention because she's and just like Trump, they're 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 attracting the people that are, I'm so it's so complicated. And I think they're just Yeah, they act out. They act stupid, they act unprofessional, they act
1: unstatesmanlike, and they get attention for it.
0: They they happen to just know that so many people are
1: yeah, they're. I mean, they they know they're. They, you know, AOC and and her. What do they call themselves? The squad or whatever. Those four women—they know exactly the, the the media attention that they command, and they're playing it for their own personal advantage. So, and then Trump then uses that to his advantage. It's like it's everybody just playing each other, and it's it's a game. Like, like what I said, it's a complete lack of seriousness. So nobody actually cares about matters at hand. It's just about what they can do for themselves.
0: And the media, if it if it bleeds, it leads, and they are literally
1: and they enable it. They yeah, ena- they're they're enablers. enablers. But the problem is, is, is they they have to be because. They are financially t- their their finances are a hundred percent tied with with eyeballs. Mm-hmm. If they don't have the eyeballs, then they go out, then they go the way of the dinosaur. So you know there's, it's 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 an, it's an, it's an, it's not a solvable problem nope. fundamentally. And eventually things come to a head, and you know people have to break things, and then people rebuild things. And unfortunately,
0: that's just the way it has to go. And it's been doing it for millions and millions of years. This episode of Connecting Dots is a deep dive. Normally deep dives are posted on a weekend, but we thought this Friday, this would be a good one to put up. And if you're traveling and you're out and about, I might want to sit back for an hour and really kind of dig with us into a deep dive. We're going to call this episode Politically Correct Abuse of the Homeless. Politically Correct Abuse of the Homeless. I'm here to tell you on the average, on the whole, and for the most part, I've worked with a lot of people who are homeless and they truly are low IQ. The drugs, the abuse, and everything that goes on, these are not people that can make good, solid decisions for themselves. And when we open up the mental institutions and we let these people try to do what they need to do on their own, I do believe it is truly politically correct abuse of the homeless. You wouldn't put a dog or a cat in an apartment and expect them to be able to make ends meet, get a job, and pay their bills. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there who have an IQ life experiences that aren't much higher than, well, a dog or a cat. You wouldn't treat a dog or a cat that way, but you will treat a human being that way. Again, it's true politically correct abuse of the homeless. Well, that does it for me today. I'm Paul Truesdell. Joining me was also Paul Truesdell, my eldest of three children, and he is the Vice President of Fixed Cost Financial. Now, if you have an idea, a tip, a trick, or just want to opine, give me a call at 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. You can find us on Twitter at Fixed Costs Invest, Facebook at Fixed Cost Investing, or simply go to dots.fm. That's dots.fm. And if you listen on iTunes or Overcast or your favorite podcast player, unfortunately, we may not be on iHeartRadio. I found that out recently. Make sure, though, to subscribe to Connecting Dots. you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. Connecting Dots again is brought to you by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of Fixed Cost Investing, a true fiduciary-based investment advisor. Go to FixedCostInvesting.com. It doesn't get any better. And it's time for you to break the mold and use a true fiduciary-based registered investment advisor. All rights reserved. Reproduction or use without written authorization prohibited without written authorization.